The Transport Ministry is considering extending the quarantine period for airline crew to seven days after a recent cluster infection on a plane. Currently, pilots are subject to just three days of quarantine after returning from abroad, and flight attendants have to be quarantined for five days. However, Health Minister Chen Shizhong says the current system is fine as long as health measures are properly enforced. Three days of quarantine for pilots, five for flight attendants. The foundation of that is the good management at stations abroad and on planes. It's safe for them to go out. It's not a problem with the three- and five-day system itself. The problem is if SOPs are not reliably implemented. We hope airlines can implement monitoring systems to show us what they're doing. If something's not working, then we can take care of it. We have no way of managing what goes on overseas, though. All we can do is extend the quarantine period. Pilots have said that if it becomes seven days stuck at home, they would feel like they are flying before they get a proper rest. Maybe they also wouldn't feel well mentally, which is no good for flying. We hope airlines can take care of the front-end management so we don't have to extend quarantines. But if that management can't be done properly, we'll have no choice but to adopt these kinds of measures. The recent cluster infection involved three pilots who worked for EVA Air. They came in contact with a total of 149 people in Taiwan, only one of whom has tested positive for COVID so far, and the person became Taiwan's first local infection since April. Marine transport companies have been experiencing rapid growth amid the pandemic this year. On Thursday, Yangming Marine Transport announced outstanding profits for November. The company posted more than 2.7 billion NT in profits for the month, almost as much as its profit for the entire third quarter. Analysts say one reason for the unprecedented growth is manpower and shipping container shortages, which are raising shipping prices. Following several days of big gains, Yangming Marine Transport shares had limit up right after the trading session began on Friday. One day before, the company had released its most recent earnings report. Revenue for November reached over 15.26 billion NT, with net profit surpassing 2.7 billion NT. The company had reported more than 2.8 billion NT in profit for the entirety of Q3, meaning November brought in almost three times as much profit as three months put together. November's figures are even higher than the company's entire profits in the past 10 years. Just from looking at its profits in November, each share gained 0.92 NT dollars in just a month. If you look at the previous 10 years, the company hasn't made any money. The outstanding figures for this one month have made shares soar. Right now, container shippers and sea transport companies are experiencing a once-in-a-century bonanza. The analyst says several reasons are behind the rapid growth in the sea transport market. This year, due to the pandemic, there's a shortage of containers, of shipping space and of manpower. That has sent shipping prices soaring. So you can see that companies like Yangming Marine Transport and Evergreen are turning amazing profits. Currently, it looks like this phenomenon will last until the first quarter of 2021. The analyst says the fast growth may slow down in the second quarter of 2021. He advises prospective investors to consider every factor before investing in seed transport stocks. Taiwan's recent local COVID infection has sent consumers flocking for personal protective equipment. 
An e-commerce platform says mask sales have more than doubled from last week, with 18 times more consumers searching for them. Meanwhile, face masks with festive designs for Christmas, the New Year, and even the Lunar New Year have become bestsellers online, and so have trinkets that can offer protection from disease. A particular popular one is a handheld ultraviolet LED machine that can quickly disinfect any surface. Lifting a ban on U.S. pork imports containing ractopamine does not equal kowtowing to Washington, says Premier Su Zhenchang. Su rejected the criticism at an awards ceremony at the Executive Yuan Friday, one day after the Legislative Yuan passed nine administrative orders authorizing the ban to be lifted. However, the KMT's opposition to American pork imports is undeterred with some members calling for a referendum on the issue. Premier Su presides over an Executive Yuan Award Ceremony for outstanding science and technology contributions. He thanked the winners of the awards for the contributions to Taiwan. He also took the opportunity to thank lawmakers for voting in favor of nine administrative directives on Thursday. The Executive Yuan is extremely grateful to the Legislative Yuan. Lawmakers passed our administrative directives, which were very important for U.S.-Taiwan trade relations and for strategic reasons. This step forward can make Taiwan go international and create big trade opportunities for Taiwan. Su said the directives would strengthen Taiwan's international presence. Meanwhile, over in the U.S., lawmakers in the Senate and House of Representatives have put forward resolutions urging U.S. President-elect Joe Biden to sign a free trade agreement with Taiwan. Lawmaker Gao Jin-Sume, however, says the lifting of Taiwan's import ban on U.S. pork with ractopamine is bending the knee to Washington. That is wrong. We all know the decision is backed by scientific evidence. It's the international standard. There are 101 countries in the world that import pork containing ractopamine. We have to update ourselves and have these international standards. Over in social media, President Tsai Ing-wen weighed in on the matter. She stressed that the issue of U.S. pork and beef imports had been left unaddressed by the previous three presidents, adding that it had already turned into a thorny issue for Taiwan-U.S. trade. She continued saying that some of the DPP's critics had changed their tune on the issue and that she could not accept their accusations. She also stressed that trade relations were about finding common ground and that trade agreements don't just favor one side or the other. She ended saying the decision to open up the market was for the sake of Taiwan's future international trade and a key decision to help Taiwan go international. But the KMT did not buy her explanation. President Tsai Ing-wen is precisely the biggest promoter of racto pork. Public opinion says no to eating racto pork. This battle isn't over. The KMT says it will work to reinstate the import ban. Some in the party are calling for a referendum to be held on the matter in 2021. Others say they will launch recall campaigns to remove DPP lawmakers from office. The second prototype of a Taiwan-developed advanced jet trainer, the Brave Eagle, took off for its maiden test flight in Taichung Friday morning. The successful test mission represents another milestone in the government's plans to develop Taiwan's aerospace production capabilities. The Ministry of National Defense hopes these domestically produced aircraft will eventually replace all of Taiwan's aging F-5 jet fighters. 
the advanced jet trainer prototype soars into the sky for a 15-minute test flight. It completed its mission without a hitch. The Brave Eagle A2 prototype, numbered 11002, completed its first test flight on Christmas Day. The test shows progress is being made to take this advanced jet trainer to mass production. The Air Force is taking steps to replace its training aircraft, especially after the recent crash of an F-5E near Taidong. After the crash, Defence Minister Yen Defer had pledged to phase out the Taidong base's 33 F-5 fighter jets starting next year, with all units replaced within three years. The launch of the A-2 prototype means that it can share various test tasks that the A-1 prototype needs to undertake. The testing process can reveal whether some parts need to be improved or researched more. These changes must all be made at the prototype stage. We overcame all these challenges and our concrete achievements will restore confidence across society in the capacities of our Taiwanese aerospace production. I believe that in the future the team behind the Brave Eagles will continue to achieve new breakthroughs and inspire new legends. The Ministry of National Defence is pushing for indigenous aircraft production. Its plans are for Brave Eagles to be produced in small quantities in late 2021, with mass production starting March 2023. The ministry expects to deliver all 66 planes by the end of 2026. Things are beginning to warm up for the 2022 local elections. According to a survey from the Taiwan Brain Trust think tank, KMT lawmaker Jiang Wan'an is by far the most popular candidate for Taipei mayor. The most popular DPP candidate, Health Minister Chen Shizhong, trailed behind him in the poll by six percentage points. Ninety percent of KMT supporters do indeed support Jiang Wan'an, and around 20 percent to 30 percent of DPP supporters could vote for Jiang Wan'an. This phenomenon is very interesting. One of Chen Shijong's problems may be that he doesn't have enough support within the DPP. Jiang Wan'an is Ma Yingzhou 2.0. For KMT supporters, he's indeed one of the younger faces who can revive the party. The whole issue with Chen Shijong is that it all depends on whether he can do his epidemic prevention work well. Moving forward, if he manages the US pork imports well, that might be the golden moment in which he may be able to defeat Jiang Wan'an. According to the poll, Jiang could beat any candidate from any party. He could face even better in a three-way race against Chen and the current Taipei deputy mayor, Huang Shanshan. In such a race, the margin between Jiang and Chen would be even wider at 10 percentage points. With Taiwan striving to become bilingual in Chinese and English by 2030, the British Council is working to assess Taiwan's current level of English proficiency. It's completed testing on teens across the country using the APTIS, its own English language assessment exam. Results will be analyzed and shared with the Ministry of Education so that it can compare today's baseline with Taiwan's proficiency in 2030. The British Council is working with the Ministry of Education to implement Taiwan's bilingual policy. They've conducted a baseline study of current levels of English proficiency in Taiwan. So we've worked with the Ministry of Education to conduct 
um, there's reading and writing and listening and speaking, the assessment of students' English proficiency across all four skills um, at uh, 442 schools uh, with almost 7,000 students across the whole of Taiwan. The test used on the teens can assess all four language skills, listening, speaking, reading and writing. It's developed by the British Council and the scores are scaled to the common European framework of reference for languages. Used by more than uh, 85 governments and institutions in more than 85 countries around the world. It's uh, linked to the common European framework of reference. So you can benchmark your results against uh, uh, any other result. The assessment test can also be used in teacher development. In December, the British Council announced it will develop a training program that certifies teachers using Aptis for Teachers. The program will be promoted in partnership with Mingchuan University, the Institute for Information Industry, and other stakeholders in Taiwan's bilingual policy. The Alliance is, is a group of um, education institutions and other organizations that are working together to cultivate English proficiency. For the bilingual policy to be successful, it absolutely needs the endorsement and the support of not just policymakers, but of the students themselves, which are one of the stakeholders that often get overlooked in terms of educational reforms. But not just the students, the parents. Um, and the teachers. As for its baseline study on teen English proficiency, the British Council is in the process of analyzing the data. Director Ralph Rogers says that findings will be shared with the Ministry of Education soon to help it understand the current level of English proficiency and measure today's progress with that in 2030. For most of news, Stephanie Yang, Wu Dongmao in Taipei. Thai Power has opened a new art exhibition space in a converted basement substation. In an effort to promote its environmental sustainability efforts, the state power company launched the Thai Power DS1 project with a green energy-themed fashion show. Designer Wang Liling kicked off with a catwalk, exploring electricity as clothing. The model is dressed in black coils of wire, and her jolting dance matches shifts in the lighting. It's an artistic exploration of electricity and power. Thai Power has teamed up with fashion designer Wang Liling for a show at its new creative center. In both the use and production of power, we have to attend to the actions we have to do for environmental sustainability. We brought in fashion, the designer Wang Liling, to use a fashion show to marry our sustainability with fashion. On another model, it's a hat like an electric coil and a dress that flutters in the breeze inspired by wind and hydropower. Wang used LED lights and recovered pieces of Thai power power lines in her designs in an effort to bring the company closer to its audience. I happened to be doing a series around wind, so it felt very coherent. Our ideas are the same, it's just that they're making them into these facilities we interact with. I'm making them into clothes. We integrate them with environmental sustainability. We don't want them to seem too jarring or to become a NIMBY development. We're going to roll out all future Thai Power facilities in this direction. Thai Power DS1 is a new green-themed exhibition space in one of Thai Power's converted basement substations. It will be open to creative exhibitors from across the charity and environmental sustainability sectors. Normally, wedding banquets are some of the most ostentatious social events in Taiwan, but in 2020, many couples are choosing to pursue an unusual nuptial plan amid COVID-19. Let's take a look at how the wedding industry is responding to the shakeup of the pandemic. 
a tailor measures out a custom suit for the groom-to-be. Even the buttons are his own choice. In 2020, custom-made is the name of the game for weddings. Most customers want a custom-made suit because it will fit them better and they can choose the materials and the style. Many couples say the worst thing about planning a wedding is how much time it consumes. With mobile technology, you can send digital invitations, linking to a web page where guests can check a venue map, view engagement photos and fill in an RSVP form. What I care about in terms of my appearance would be the veil, the dress and my husband's suit. Now we expect efficiency and speed in everything. Of course, online you can book in advance, so you won't have that problem where you can't find the thing you're looking for that day. Before the pandemic, the whole wedding industry was worth about 120 billion NT a year. In 2020, that has shrunk by 24 billion NT. The banquet industry in particular has shrunk by 12 billion NT. Hotels are converting their services to digital in an attempt to fight back. Customers want personalized services now, so we've launched this banquet package. Almost 200 big firms from across 14 types of wedding services are launching at-home wedding services, a surprising new nuptial trend for 2021.